Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is May the 11th, 2019. Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. Deferral of gratification, conviction, avoid mediocrity. Everybody check out Friday's show. This week in Bitcoin, it was just uh, Simon Dixon. It was awesome. Techbalt.com, follow me on Twitter, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Get t-shirts like this from All Good, All Good Lab. I'm wearing your shirt today, but there are other ones listed below. And uh, sportsmeister.com, all my... Uh, all these shows in podcast form. Uh, so today we're going to talk be much more than Bitcoin, but we got to talk a little bit of Bitcoin also. So I was I was traveling today. I started today in Baltimore and I ended up in Los Angeles. And it reminded me of, of a day when I started out in Korea and I ended up eventually in Baltimore. And that was in December of 2017, where the price of Bitcoin was going from like 11,000 to 12,000 to 13,000. It was insane. Uh, now, today it wasn't to that extreme, but there was a similar vibe out there. I mean, you would look at the price, next thing you know, it'd be $100 more. And again, you don't value your wealth in fiat, but it, it can be fun on days like this. Uh, I, as like I always say, there are going to be days where it goes down by a thousand dollars. There'll be days when it goes up by a thousand dollars. And uh, the last few days, I mean, it's gone up by a total of about a thousand dollars. I mean, right this second, what, what are we doing right now? Uh, and and again, this this is just I, I'm putting this out for all the naysayers who like to say you know Bitcoin is dead. So yeah, it's over over seventy three hundred dollars. So I mean, I will talk about this more on Sunday show, but I, I did have to bring this up. I and guys, if you do have questions, I'm doing Q&A today. You can just type in Bitcoin Meister in there and I'll answer your questions. They can be about what the topics of this show or you can ask Bitcoin questions also, I guess. I, I, I can answer them. So yeah, today I was reminded of those days uh, in December of 2017. For those of you who were not around uh, when it was going 12,000, 13,000, 14,000, whatever it was. And today is just a little taste of the future. Because we'll have those days again. We're one day closer to an all-time high, and I think I think all of you can understand it a little bit better today um, when you, you felt the excitement that yeah, it, it just takes a little bit of endurance and some patience, and you can't rush things. And you're gonna have great days like this. It's it's well worth the wait to get these little feelings uh, uh, from from seeing the price rise. And again, we all get a little a little kick out of it. Uh, and it'll be in the future. It'll be even bigger than this. So this is just a taste of things that come. And yeah, it's it's positive. It's a positive thing. And I I really don't get the the personalities out there that just seem to like to uh, I don't know fud on the price and like to predict lower prices and think that lower prices are great. You know what? Over the long run, lower prices are not great. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. They really aren't. And I'm just a positive guy. I like to see when things go up. So today was a uh, definitely a, a busy day for me. And uh, again, I only landed at LAX a couple hours ago. But I got to get this show in. That's conviction. That's a strong hand right there. So keep a 
keep your strong hands, people. And all right, so now that I'm in LA, uh, I get to walk again, okay? Every day that I was in Baltimore, because I have to go to synagogue every day, I had to drive. I had to drive every day, every day. I dislike driving so much. But the way I have it set up here in Los Angeles, uh, where uh, the Airbnb that I am staying at again, you might recognize this from my last time, because this is such a great location off of La Brea. Um, I, I can just walk to the synagogue. I can walk to everything. I, I will not drive in Los Angeles. I don't have a car. And I mean, I, I will try not to get into any moving vehicle. I do not like cars at all. I just, I, I've grown tired of it. And it's just, it's such a, so much different from my youth. You know, when I turned 16 years old and I was one of the youngest kids in my class, all I wanted to do was drive because the other kids were already driving. And my, my dad was, um, was strict with me with that. Actually, he didn't, he, he, um, it took a little bit longer for me to drive, even though I was one of the youngest guys in my class. So then it seemed like so many people were driving so much longer. I mean, there were people in my class that are a year and a half older than me and stuff. And so they were driving almost two years before I was. And that was a big deal to me back then. And I look back now and I just smile. And my father was right um, to, to keep the, the car away from me as long as possible uh, when you look back on it. And it is so healthy not to sit there all day in traffic and just to get Get some movement and walk around. Be in when I say be in motion, I mean you know, be in mental motion, be in physical motion, and, and sitting in a car for an hour every day. And that's I was not sitting in a car for an hour every day, but some people do. Sitting in a car for 15 minutes every day was too much for me. It was too much for me. I, I so I, I love being and it's so funny being in LA. I'm talking about walking in LA. This is like the biggest driving uh, city in the world, in the United States at least. Uh, but I do not drive here. And the only times I see the freeway is when I'm uh, coming from the airport on the on the shuttle, and when I'm when I'm going to go back to LAX uh, on July 1st. So yeah, I'm here till July 1st. Uh, so there's a tip for everyone: walk to work. It, it'll it, you'll be healthier. Just it's try it. It's, it's it's a whole new mindset. We are we grow up in a society where like driving is it's such a big deal. When you turn 16, you got to drive. Oh my god. Uh, and, and then some kids, they got to have a car. It's ridiculous. So speaking of uh, Baltimore, let's, let's cover this. One in five Baltimore households tax services like check cashing instead of banks. This group hopes to change that. And the group they're talking about is uh, called the Cash Campaign of Maryland. All right. So I linked to this article below. And so that is 20% of people in, of households in Baltimore uh, use check cashing instead of bat, banks. Now that is, that's bad. That, and uh, they're getting ripped off by those check. I mean, it, this, the, this group called a cash campaign of Maryland, they're a nonprofit. And so their intentions are good. Okay. But for me, and you know, the reason I'm bringing this up, all these people should be introduced to cryptocurrency, to Bitcoin. There's your answer right there. One, two, three, teach them how to use it. That's it. Now, the, what the cash campaign people want to do is lobby the banks to let incredibly poor and irresponsible people uh, give them accounts. Um, they do want to teach people how to be more responsible. I give them that. But 
it's a it's a big organization this cash campaign and when you're a nonprofit, sometimes you don't exactly want to nip the problem in the bud the easiest way and you you want to hire a lot of people you're a nonprofit. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call them poverty pimps, but there are a lot of poverty pimps in Baltimore. Uh, organizations and people that just live off of poverty that don't want to solve it, but kind of want to extend it and virtue signal around it. Now, I'm not going to accuse these cash campaign people of that, but I'm going to say this. Instead of creating a whole big organization, I think it would be just simple to get people into Bitcoin. I, I, I find this, I see this as an opportunity for Bitcoin. Not as an opportunity to shame the banks um, or to force the banks to do things that are economically uh, unwise for them. Personal responsibility is a new counterculture here too. Th those one in five people, um, they've picked check cashing, okay? That's the, that's the direction they've gone in. These banks, I mean, there, there are some people, I guess, that cannot get accounts. But if you shop around enough, you can – you can these banks they want your money man they, they do want your money um but i i would suggest i think the big way to solve these problems is bitcoin right there so um I, 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 it's it's a it's a good sentiment i don't know the people at the cash campaign uh personally uh but i i, I will say this that is that's amazing one in five people in baltimore one in five households tap services like cash checking instead of banks. So we're talking about let, let's bank the unbanked in South America. Let's let's uh, try to bank the unbanked in the inner cities. And I, I've said this before, but again, it's going to take some personal responsibility on their part too. It's going to take some personal responsibility on their part. But I, I think, um, let's say this, one, those people who, who can't get bank accounts for whatever reason, don't have bank accounts for whatever reasons, I bet they're on the internet. They, they, they have the technical technological ability to use a phone and get on the internet. I think they'd be able to learn Bitcoin, especially when it becomes easier. So there's my solution. Cash campaign of Maryland. You should just be spread the word about Bitcoin. All right. Pound that like button people. And that's, let's link to below. Now, uh, something that I heard being yelled about on social media recently was that Trump lost billions of dollars and he didn't have to pay taxes because he lost billions of dollars. And it was so ugly that the hate toward him for, you know, losing billions of dollars. He's terrible. He loses so much money. Dude, he, he had the money to lose in the first place. But this is all coming from envy. Again, people need to worry about themselves. People need to worry about losing their own money and, and being able to retain their wealth who you know it's it's already known that donald trump lost a lot of money if you didn't know that already i i don't i don't know i i think i think and i think the people that are putting that out there even know that they just want to they it's a way to attack the rich it's a way to express envy um but people you're better off worrying about how you're going to make money how you're going to make smarter economic decisions um, yeah, a rich guy, he might've not even ever been a billionaire. Who cares? He was rich. Should that hurt your feelings that Donald Trump was rich? No, you shouldn't care at all that Donald Trump, Trump was rich once and he could lose hundreds of millions of dollars and then still be rich and get all these tax benefits. And dudes, don't worry about, worry about your, worry about yourselves. 
worry about yourselves. All right. Um, and fi fix your own problems. Fix your own problems because trying to nitpick at Donald Trump, you're not. You're just going to be stuck in your hole. You're not going to be in motion. And I think uh, Nicholas uh, Talib, what's his what's his whole name? He has a tweet, and I think this was pertaining to Trump a little bit. He said, next Friday, when your guaranteed monthly paycheck is deposited, take a moment of gratitude for entrepreneurs who took the risks so you get this risk-free income. Shaming a risk taker for losing money is like shaming a soldier for losing a limb. So yeah, pe people do have to think about that from that perspective. Everyone thinks that bosses just magically got money. And in dude, you you are if you're a salaried worker, you're living off of the wealth of of these magically uh these magical people. And hey, there's nothing wrong with having a salary, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur either. That's what you have to realize. And everyone can go their way, but if you think it's if you're critiquing these these founders on their uh, the way they have their businesses set up, why don't you go set up a business? Why don't you get, I mean, they have set up a business where they can guarantee bi-monthly, bi-weekly uh, paychecks for people, which is, which is great, which is great that they can, they can generate that much revenue that they can pay other people. That is awesome. And, and so shaming risk, and we're in a society today that definitely shames risk takers, that shames bosses, that shames CEOs. These people have, they, they have no personal shame. <laughs> they can't fix their own lives. They got a, they got a scapegoat. Oh. Do I, do I not, I, I just, I'm disgusted by scapegoaters, but Hey, I'm not going to let them bring me down. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing over here in the land of the Bitcoin overlay. Pound that like button. Remember a new video here every day, even when I'm super tired because it feels like it's 2.30 AM because it is 2.30 AM back in Baltimore. <laughs> I do these shows. Mm, look, the energy, look, eyes wide open, right? <laughs> All right. So another another thing I've been noticing: government bureaucracy, government bureaucrats, people in power, they're starting to love social media. They're really figuring out figuring out ways to conjure up fake stories. They they and the media is involved in this too. Definitely, um, they see a situation, they blow it out of proportion. They create. An easy to understand hashtag, and they let it run. And the 80 percenters just pick it up. They pick up the most, I mean, they're always very outrageous sounding hashtags that rip on certain situations that are way blown out of proportion. And so, so many politicians have mastered this uh, as a way to blame their enemies. They come up with some hashtag. It's easy to understand. It's an over a way oversimplification of a situation, and the eighty percenters run with it. So, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that say that social media, the, the, the people in charge, the, the mainstream media, the, the, it's it's not their friend. Oh no, it, it is their friend. They they have found ways to definitely use it and just further uh, send the eighty percenters down a hole of being their slaves and worrying about non-issues and just getting insanely emotional about these hashtags 
um, about issues they shouldn't even be worrying about. That that it's just a waste of their time. They got to they got to worry about their own personal issues. I was thinking about life extension technology, and on a certain level, we have, we are already experiencing life. There's so many medical uh, discoveries out there, medical uh, innovations out there. That um, right now, if you're a, a very old person, uh, such as my grandmother is, is a, she's 96 years old. So I would say that's that's very old. Um, if you have someone uh, helping you out, um, I mean, again, my, my grandmother is totally self-sufficient. But when you get sick, if you have someone watching over you and have someone that can navigate through the whole medical situation, when, when you're ill, you can do pretty well. You, if you're, there are technologies out there that are keeping people alive. It's just if you make one little mistake, you can die immediately. Like you go to a hospital, they screw one thing up, you're dead. So we're already living in this world where you, if you're very old and you keep doing things the right way when you get sick, your life is being extended already with the technologies. But um, eventually there will be some bigger life extension technologies. Um, you might be able to take a pill that, that, that and they will be worth uh, that extends your life that and makes you younger. That makes you look like you're 60 when you're 80 or, or something like that. It makes you look like you're 50 when you're 80, maybe or makes you, I mean, really like, rejuvenates your body. Uh, now there's ethical ways of getting there. Then there's not so ethical ways of getting there. And I think people in the Western world go through ethical means. Now we know in China, uh, they're probably willing to experiment on human beings to to get such technologies because such technologies would be very valuable. Now, let's say if these technologies come about in the next 10 years, I, I wouldn't be surprised at this upcoming uh, decade. The 2020s is just going to be awesome. But we really get some hardcore life extension technologies. And um, they become very valuable. And the United States decides to take it very slow. And the FDA might make some things illegal that are legal in, in, in China because they just don't want to deal with it. Because there would be – up in the United States, people – there would be uprisings. Like they, they pe people would demand like, I want this fountain of youth pill. Why do people that only, that only can pay like 200000 per pill, why do they get this pill? Why aren't I getting this pill? And the United States might want nothing to do with something like that. Um, and again, this is another reason why you want to save your money and why deferral of gratification, instead of, you know, blowing all your money on drugs now and like taking away the quality of your life and take and losing your wealth is not that great of an idea. Like if you can save your wealth, then perhaps in 10 years, you will be able to go to China, pay them $200,000 and extend your life by like 30 years. Now, and again, I'm just making, maybe you have to pay them a million dollars. Now, why would they be able to pull this off in China, though? Wouldn't the populace there also riot? Wouldn't they also say, well, wait a second. Why do only the rich people, the rich foreigners and the rich Chinese get to pay for this pill? Uh, we're going to riot. Well, in China, they would just kill all the people that try to riot. That's what they would do. That's, that's how they can get away with something like this. So they could – you can see this scenario that I'm going over here. You can see how China could uh, become a leader in um, – life extension technologies through unethical means and unethical research technologies. And then once they have it, and perhaps the Western world is hesitant, um, they will be able to sell their drugs there easily, even if the people get really angry because they will just kill them. And uh, 
So there's some food for thought, uh, how this could, <laughs> this could turn semi-dystopian. I, I hope that um, in the Western world, through ethical means, we can come about these technologies. And I hope they can be affordable for all. I just, I do know at first when these technologies come out, they will not be affordable for all. And it will be those who defer gratification, who save their money, who will be able to afford this. So the rich uh, will get richer in terms of uh, the quality of their life and the, the length of their life also. Pound that like button. It is going to be an interesting 2020s. All right, just by Bitcoin, said Bitcoin Meister, I'm on day four of a fun part-time job to prolong my fiat reserves. I decided this to be generational wealth. Well, good. Dude, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I hope it's a fun job. Um, you don't want to work yourself to death, obviously. Um, I, and, and, you know, it, it's, you, you've got a lot of conviction there to, to take an extra job, a, a part-time job, along with your main job. That's what I'm assuming you're doing. Or maybe, hey, man, if, if you don't have a job at all, it's just a part-time job. That's, that's pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, keep on saving. Keep on – and, yeah, when you're working, try to have a fun job. Try it. And that's why I, I mean, I can only have fun when I'm working for myself. Well, in my youth, I, 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 I did work for other companies. I did have fun to, to a certain extent, to a certain extent. De definitely uh, quality of life is a very important thing. People always take it into consideration. Uh, here is something from USA Today. The average adult in the, oh, this is great. This is, this is my whole, this is my whole spiel right here. The, the, this, this is Tonal Meister. The average adult in the USA spends $1,497 a month on non-essential items. All told, that's roughly $18,000 a year on things we can all do without. Gee, all these people say they're poor, but they spend $18,000 a year on things that we can all do without. Now, I, you, you got to look at this chart. Restaurant meals, drinks, takeout slash delivery, and buying lunch all add up to $750 a month. You know I do none of those things. None of those things. For years upon years upon years, I have done none of those things. So I've, I've saved myself $750 a month, every month for many, many years. And, and then people, oh, how do you travel around so much? Well, I mean, you go, you eat out every day. And I get to travel around when I, because I saved. <laughs> There you go. And, and so start doing that, people. Those are some overwhelming numbers right there. Overwhelming numbers. Put in the Bitcoin. Put in the things that you – buy freedom. Buy time. That that gets you time there when you don't – I mean, make your own food. I, I've said that a million times on here. And th there you go. Those statistics point to it, how, how much money you save. Okay, Vention MGTOW has got a good good uh, tweet, a question or a statement. Hey, Adam, just got home from work successful third day of my fast i'm going for 21 days okay that is an awesome that is an awesome update invention now again that everyone should try to go for three days five days seven days now invention is going for 21 days as some of you know because he has cancer um he found that he had colon cancer and it also got into his liver um so he's taking it as hardcore as he can now again i i I think I think probably seven to ten days will do the trick. But I mean, if you can go to twenty-one, go to twenty-one. I mean, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Now, again, when I say do the trick, you know, uh, sadly, I'm not saying it's going to cure it. Um, I wish I could say that. I wish it was that simple. But I'm glad. Try 
before you go, if you have a little bit of time before you, you have to really go chemo and really have to go some of these nasty things, um, tr try something that is um, natural like that. Now, now, a, a great thing about Benjamin telling us about his situation is that a lot of people out there don't have cancer now. So um, a, a way to avoid uh, perhaps, perhaps live a healthier life, I'm not going to say avoid cancer, is, you know, do these fans, fast every, uh, every six months, uh, have a five-day fast, have a three-day fast. Uh, it, it, uh, it restarts your immune system, people say. And I, I have linked to these type of things before. I, I didn't link to any today because Vention just brought that up. But let's all think good thoughts for Vention. And dude, you got a strong hand, dude. And I'm really proud that you're on your third day because most, I mean, most Americans, of course, they could never, they could never try such a thing to, to, to get the three. But dude, you already got the three, so you got to get the five, man. And then you got to get the seven. So but let's see how this goes. And Vention on his channel, you look him up, he is he is updating everyone. He is chronicling this entire situation. He has such a great attitude about it. And you got to have a great attitude. You, you got to have a great attitude um, to, to, to be healthy in so many different aspects of life. All right. So, and I assure you, he's not eating out anymore and he's not drinking alcohol. He's gone totally health, totally health. And so, yeah, even if you do don't want to fast, uh, just, you know, get rid of uh, food that you don't prepare yourself. So, you know, at least, you know, what's in your food. Um, I feel like I'm skipping something here. I hope not. This is a statistic. Uh, Want to make money, work for the government. Now, I'm not saying to do that. This article is about how government workers make more than uh, workers in the private sector. Uh, 115,000 Americans worked full time. Um, and what was it? Private wage. 88,296 were private sector employees. And uh, 17, 17 million were government employees. Unbelievable. 17 million government employees out of 115 million. I mean, that, that's sickening alone. That we, that, that, that's a huge amount of the, the uh, percentage of the working population works for the government. And most of them are completely worthless. Uh, but they, on average, they make they work more. They make more money. They don't do as much work, and they make more money than the the uh, private sector workers. So, um, as the private sector workers are funding that sector, though the pub the public sector. So, <laughs> it's sad. It, it it it's it's a sad situation. My my uh, suggestion is uh, get into the Bitcoin overlay. Um, you're still going to be taxed and everything, but, uh, you'll, you'll be doing better. Um, you'll be doing better in the long run than the, uh, the government worker who depends on the, 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 the government for all aspects of their life. You do not want to be stuck depending on the government for your salary, for your uh, medical care when you're older. So I guess it does look good in the short term for the government worker. Oh, look, I don't have to work hard at all. And I'm getting a higher salary than you are. Let that inspire you. Let that inspire you to aim for a higher salary, aim to buy Bitcoin, aim to be a saver, aim, aim to increase your net worth. Because I don't think there's a lot of those government workers, they're not increasing their net worth. They're blowing it right away on cars and, and silly things. That's a positive spin. Now, Joe Biden was talking about taxes the other day. He made this speech. I couldn't believe this speech. Not that he was saying this stuff, but the, the, the crowd – 
the raging mob of a crowd that was cheering him on when he says he wants to get rid of the tax, the, the Trump tax cuts. Everyone goes wild. They start cheering, stealing, and, and they're begging for higher taxes. They're begging for the government to steal from them. I, I, I can't believe what a word we, they're not even thinking about. They're not thinking about what they're cheering for at all. That's the very definition of a raging mob right there. But yeah, he says, let's, let's get rid of the Trump tax cuts. I think they only hear the word Trump and they just start cheering wildly. I mean, wow, what a world. Uh, glad I'm not part of that. I'll tell you that. If 80 percenters are going to do what 80 percenters are going to do. Don't be an 80 percenter. And I noticed that on Twitter, <laughs> the little trending, they show you what, what topics are trending. And sure enough, at least 80% of the time, it's like totally mindless stuff. And it's quite quite a window into the uh, – it's, it's, it's a quick little glimpse into this shallow mainstream society. Remember, remember personal responsibility is a counterculture. That mainstream society stuff, the, the, the regular pop culture, you get a taste of it there on Twitter when you look at those hashtags, 80% of them. Whoa. Now, there was one hashtag that I, I found interesting that was trending the other day. Dear me, 10 years ago. Now, most of this is completely uh, – there's not much substance between but, but what, what people bring up on the dear me 10 years ago. But you, you, you tell – basically people sending uh, warnings to themselves in the past, what they wish they would have known back then. And I, I'm not one to regret things, and so I don't want to look. You know, I, I can think of a lot of things that all of us in Bitcoin. What will we tell each? What will we tell ourselves ten years ago? Hey, figure, find out about this Bitcoin thing. It's like less than a penny. You should buy it. Why well, worry about something like that now? What when I when I heard this, dear me, ten years ago, I, I thought I did think of some things that I could have changed ten years ago. But then I was like, I thought about five years ago, and you know what? Dear me, five years ago, I didn't have much to tell myself. I don't know if I'd tell myself to change anything. Um, I'm very satisfied with what I did five years ago. Five years ago was 2014. It was during a Bitcoin down market. And I, I kept buying. And I, I started to do videos then. And I started to learn more and more about Bitcoin. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't give up on something just because it wasn't trendy, just because the price, you know, the price had gone down below what I bought Bitcoin for. And I didn't let that discourage me. So uh, if, if you regret things that you did 10 years ago, well, think, do I regret things that I did five years ago? And if you still do, do I regret things that I did one year ago? Did I do, do you keep on bringing it back to now if you still regret something you did a week ago, well, then now's the time to change and everything. But I, I was quite pleased. I was like, well, you know, five years ago, the last five years, I've last six years since 2013 when I first got into Bitcoin, I've been on a, a good path, strong hand, and I've, I've, I've gained discipline. And from the things that I talk about on this video that I've incorporated on, on this Saturday night show, the Beyond Bitcoin show, the intermittent fasting, uh, my longer fast, uh, I've become a more disciplined individual. My need not to my, – my dislike of cars, my uh, valuing my wealth in Bitcoin instead of valuing my wealth in women, um, this – it teaches a form of discipline that you should be able to extrapolate onto Bitcoin success. If you're able to value your wealth in Bitcoin, well, not obsessed over women, not discipline yourselves in terms of not needing food right away, not needing to drink, getting, I mean, I totally gave up alcohol. 
um, if you can cut things out from your life, uh, it, it's, just, it's a form of discipline and you can apply it to Bitcoin and apply it to like just not being distracted, deferring gratification. Just It, it makes your hands stronger. You're not going to worry about when they're down markets. And you're not going to get overly excited when their days like today, like say, "Oh, I better sell now." I better no. You, you know, now's not a time to sell. No, it's you continue with your plan. Twenty twenty having, twenty twenty four having, whatever your long term goal is. You don't let emotional days like this uh, take you off the path. And if you're able to be without things like food easily, now again, today I was on a plane, two planes. We stopped in Kansas City actually. And, uh, and I have some things to say about Kansas City, should I? Uh, that it, I, I, I'm in the middle of a 44-hour fast. Every time I'm on a plane, I don't eat. I, I don't I, – I never never eat on a plane. It's disgusting food. It's not healthy. But I don't feel like eating afterwards. I don't feel like eating beforehand. I All my tr plane trips, if I'm going on a plane, you know that Adam is skipping an eating day. It's, it's at least a 44-hour fast that he's on. So, yeah, I'm in the middle of one right now, and I'm thinking of Vention. I'm thinking of Vention. Uh, so just want to say, do more discipline. You know, the things I talk about here, you can apply them to your real life and you can become a Bitcoin hold, a, a better Bitcoin holder. And some of you are like, well, this has nothing to do with Bitcoin, the things he's talking about. No, no, no. They all do. Deferral gratification, long-term thinking, self-discipline. It all can be applied to Bitcoin. All these sayings that I throw out there. Um, they're not just sayings, man. They're ways to live your life. And it helps in the Bitcoin realm. What else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, all right. Final thing. It's a Baltimore thing, actually. <laughs> it kind of shows you sometimes. Uh, oh, well, let me read what uh, Benson said. He says, indeed, brother, being able to painlessly skip meals or even a day of meals is like a superpower. And isn't it a great feeling? I saw your videos, Benson. When you like, it kind of snapped in your head, like, wow, I can do this. And it makes you feel better about yourself. And, and it gives you just a whole new perspective on life. Like I was living in this world where I thought I had to have three meals a day, but you don't need it all the time. And food is glorious. It is great to eat, but you don't need to be stuffing your pie hole constantly. And if you don't, there are benefits there are in, in if you're not distracted by food all the time, you can focus on other things. So I, I saw the light in your face when you were discussing this on your videos. Um, just uh, And again, a, a negative situation like this can bring about new revelations that are going to change the rest of your life and make you live a healthier life longer. And other people sharing your story is great. Sharing your story is great so that other people can can eventually get it. Because it is, is kind of hard to explain the, the feeling of accomplishment and the new perspective you get. When when you've when you've done a few of these fasts, and when you because it, it seems like at first I remember when I was reading about intermittent fasting. I mean, this is back before 2013, like 16 hours. That seems so long, 16 hours without food. But no, 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 you can budget that easily. And then for me, it became 22 hours every single day. And for me, that's easy now. It's so easy. I do so many other things during those that time period. All right, going back to. My final subject of the day, and this is a, a Baltimore-related thing. Uh, I'm still on these Baltimore political email lists, okay? And I know if I'm on it, there's all sorts of media members, all sorts of 
political gurus in Baltimore that are on it. And this guy named Bill Henry, who's a city councilman, I, I know the guy. Um, in this, it, it was a, now Baltimore is going through a difficult financial time uh, and uh, financial controversy because the mayor just had to resign because she did some very corrupt financial things. And if, I mean, if you have to resign in Baltimore, you've done some very corrupt things. It, it involves finances, and the, the finances are not managed well in Baltimore at all. And so it's no shock that, that the person in charge was also financially corrupt. So we've also had the same comptroller, the person who's supposed to be in charge of the finances. Baltimore City has had the same comptroller, Joan Pratt, who some people say they vote for her because she's a nice lady. I mean, that, that's a reason you vote for someone to, to manage your finances, but she's a nice lady. She has been the comptroller of Baltimore since 1995. That's 24 years. It's a long, long time in a city that's you know going through financial ruin. That that the the the, the people, the wise uh, voters don't elect someone else. She, she doesn't have people run against her anymore. It's so so unbelievable. I know some of you are like, well, how is this even possible? How, how, how can a city that's going through financial ruin, they, they don't, the people don't vote out the comptroller, the most obvious person you'd blame? Oh, no, 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 they, they think she's a nice lady. Well, anyway, this guy, Bill Henry, in this uh, email of his that deals with Baltimore City finances, in, uh, there's a big yellow banner, and it says Bill Henry comptroller. Like he's running for comptroller. He's running for it's so obvious. It's this huge yellow banner in the video in the in the email. So I immediately emailed the guy. I'm like, hey, Bill, man, I've been outside of Baltimore for a while. I didn't know you were running for comptroller. This is unbelievable. This is a great idea. Someone's got to run against her. And like, when did you make the announcement? He's like, no, I haven't made the announcement yet. It's it's I'm gonna make the announcement on June the first or something, something like that. And so he has this out in the open. Now he he's not like saying it. But it's in the email. And I, I received the email a few days beforehand. No one in the media, this is not newsworthy to anyone for some reason. It is newsworthy. It is, and again, I don't like putting politicians on pedestals or anything like that. Now, I'm sharing this story because sometimes there are things that are out there that are so obvious that are in bright yellow, bold print. And people just don't comprehend. They don't read. They don't see. They choose to ignore. They don't think... And so media members, um, they definitely are gatekeepers. They are gatekeepers. And when the local Baltimore media, clearly um, it's not large enough uh, to, to notice something like this. I know. So, I mean, there is opportunity out there. If you want to break stories on local levels, th things like this come about all the time. I broke a story and I'm not even in Baltimore. I don't even have, I want nothing to do with it. And I'm noticing things like this. And so, I mean, this, this is a critique on, I guess, the, the, the average American that are 80% or they do not pay attention to things that are sent to them, but they don't comprehend. They don't realize when a story is a story. And, uh, well, this is what, and, and sadly he'll probably lose. Uh, then I, I will say this after a few, I noticed this over a week ago now. So finally the Baltimore sun did eventually publish something. Now I don't know if he went out of his way and then told them again about it, but they definitely didn't notice it the first time. They definitely didn't notice it the first time. So, um, all you sleuths out there, um, or all you people who rely on the media don't rely on the media. They miss a lot of stories. And it's not just about politics. It's about a lot of things. you got to do, do your own research. And then when you are – when you do read an article, when you do read a, a blog post or when someone sends you an email or when someone's doing a video like this, try to understand what they're saying. Try to comprehend it 
and not just like look at the pretty pictures, uh, look at look at the uh, hot women that the person might have as the host or whatever. You know, try try to understand because it's, it seems like to me, my God, I was just shocked how many people totally missed that story when it was right in people's face. All right, that's it. Pound that like button, bang that bell button. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video. Check out the links below. Click on those squares, disruptmeister.com. I'll say hi to all you guys in the chat. Good night.